people, we are all the way up and you know what it is. It's another Wednesday with your boys on The Faction. That's right, and I'm not by myself. I have the valedictorian with me and the father of Jordan and Jackson, your man GB. What's happening, sir? What's going on, good brother? How are you, man? Man, I am well, man. I'm really doing good. No complaints on my end. Good. That's good to hear, man. So I'm almost starting to feel like this is where in the world is Carmen San Diego. Because uh, <laughs> you, I, I tell you, you are always all over the place these days. And so uh, where are you broadcasting from today, sir? Today I am hailing from Columbia, South Carolina. Yes. Which is, a, uh, for, and from my standpoint, a rich wrestling history yeah. is actually here. It is. So I'm excited about this. I can't remember what territory this was, though, but I'll find out by the end of the show. For sure. Uh, what 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 territory what was here? We're too far from Smoky Mountain. I, I don't really recall a lot of uh, Mid-Atlantic happening here. That would be more in the Carolinas, well, what, this, in the South, Upper Carolinas. I was going to say, South Carolina is a Carolina, but did I don't yeah, know. I, I, I thought it was more North Carolina and Virginia. Yeah, yeah, it, but it, but you know the wrestlers will say we were down in the Carolinas, right? But I honestly cannot remember much of wrestling happening here, like event major events. Okay. Now, when you think about people that are from here, sure, the list is long. Right. You have the Shelton Benjamins, the Big Show, mm-hmm. the newfound Lacey Evans, mm-hmm. who's definitely representing yeah. South Carolina. Uh, more of the famous ones, One Man Gang, Sean O'Hare, The Patriot, mm-hmm. uh, Red Rooster, Terry Taylor. Yeah. Uh, and these probably these three are probably the most famous. May Young is from Columbia. Right. Fabulous Moolah is from Columbia. Right. And Mr. Wrestling, not one, Mr. Wrestling, two. Two. <laughs> two. <laughs> Mr. Wrestling, two is from here. I have to say, I kind of feel sorry for Mr. Wrestling, one, because you don't hear about him much. Mr. Wrestling, two seemingly gets all the shine. Mr. Wrestling One uh, probably was depressed for years that he came up with the gimmick. Yeah. And the guy just, the next guy came up and added like one more eye hole and became Mr. Wrestling Two. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like Rey Mysterio Number Two was more famous than Rey Mysterio One. Well, it's, and it's funny that you mentioned the original Rey Mysterio. I actually saw him for the first time on a WCW pay per view that I was watching on the WWE Network a couple of weeks ago. I want to remember exactly which pay per view it was. But, uh, yeah, he was in there as part of a tag match. And, you know, they were talking about him very flippantly. But I'm like, no, this is great. Oh, they had like because for them, it was no big deal. It was just like another luchador. It wasn't like this is the predecessor to the great Rey Mysterio. They did not give him. As a matter of fact, you know how Gory Guerrero is held in high regard. Yeah. Not Rey Mysterio. Not at all. Rey Mysterio gets more shine um, by Rey Mysterio Jr. um, than he does in his actual, at least WCW gave him very little respect. So I was surprised by that looking back now. In WCW, I think you're talking about Starcade 1990 where he teamed up with Conan. That is what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was the mm-hmm. Pat O'Connor Memorial International Cup That's that they were what fighting it was. for. That's yeah. exactly what it was. Yeah. And I was yeah, just yeah, shocked. Yeah. I was just like, holy cow. You know, um, but certainly it explains Conan's relationship with, with both Rey Mysterios, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I feel like, well, you know, Rey Mysterio Jr. is actually the nephew, nephew Correct. of Rey Mysterio. And Rey Mysterio Sr., actually had a son who wrestled but his name was just way too long and they said we're never gonna get that together yeah so but but when, when you think about those guys i think we could just I think our boy 
I can't think of his name, but he gave us the best differentiation, which is we can have Rey Mysterio Sr. and Rey Mastro. <laughs> well, I mean, there, there's a massive difference. And uh, shout out to Rey Mysterio for making the name Mysterio truly famous worldwide because he definitely hey, did. Shout that. out Rey Mysterio for not wearing a shirt this past Monday and proving to the people I ain't fat yet. Well, and, and that's not easy, you know, having been in the wrestling business as long as he is, because there's him and then there's like a Chris Jericho who looks totally oh. different than, you know, his his older days. But Jericho obviously still doing uh, very, very well, et cetera, et cetera, as the uh, current AEW world champion and we'll get into all things aew we should today. say newly found aew well you know uh, so champion. speaking of that you know th- there was a whole big thing about you know the belt being stolen and we were wondering is this a work is it a ruse but it was very real the belt actually was stolen um my understanding it was stolen out of the limo that chris jericho was in and uh, it was ultimately returned uh about a day later but, you know, there were all these memes about, you know, his post-interview uh, after winning the title when he used uh, the quote that he was going to pour a little bit of the bubbly. And uh, there were just memes and everywhere. It trended. It was nuts. I mean, Chris Jericho continues to find ways to remain relevant, which is why he is the AEW world champion. I mean, the whole bubbly thing took everybody over the edge. Mm-hmm. Now, there's one report. You're saying a limo. Dead serious. There's one report that said that the belt was stolen from Longhorn Steakhouse while the limo driver was driving was chilling. Now that that's that's also very po- possible too, because uh, I saw that Longhorn was not getting a good uh, a good reputation uh, in the social media streets following this. So that that could be it also. So crazy, 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 hey, man. crazy. They they need to speak up and claim their stake in this. Show. There you go. Oh, Lord, help us all. Well, listen. Oh, don't act like it wasn't clever. Oh, gosh. We've got you all day long and twice on Sunday. Lucky us. Uh, ah. <laughs> well, listen, if you guys missed our last show, first of all, I don't know why you would dare to do that because there's always amazing things happening here on the faction. So we recapped uh, one of the biggest weekends in pro wrestling, NXT UK TakeOver. Uh, Cardiff, that is. Uh, Royal Quest from New Japan and all out from AEW. We had all sorts of info on NWA's TV tapings. And we discussed the results of the Faction Championship. Yeah, he's your winner. He's still champion. For now. Uh, Put a little bass in your voice when you say that. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, title defenses are coming, so we'll see what happens. Uh, But all that said, go back, check out the latest episode of the Faction available uh, here at BonnerFiedRadio.com or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Brand new day, brand new episode. Courtney, tell them what's up for today's show. Welcome to episode 158. I'm sorry, 182 of the faction. I took us back in time there. 158? Yeah, right. I just went backwards. I was probably lighter. 182 oh of the gosh. faction right here on Bonafide Radio. We're going to kick things off with a discussion on NWA TV. That's right. Their update. What is the AEW pay-per-view buy rates? We're going to talk SmackDown on Fox, WWE Raw, and SmackDown. And before we do, we'll kick things off with this. A Real American Hero by Jim Johnson. You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That's radio the way it's supposed to be. This is a total package, Lex Luger, and you are turned into The Faction.
We are the faction. One, two, three. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Hey, welcome back to the faction. This is Courtney. That was Real American Hero, Jim Johnson's theme song, GB. Give us the news. Okay, so I got to correct you. It's actually called Real American, not Real American Hero. Uh, it's not. Jim- I mean, but isn't that isn't that a lyric? No, and it's not Jim Johnston's theme song. It's Hulk Hogan's theme song. But I don't say I don't say Hulk Hogan's name anymore. Oh, well, be that as it may. Did you know that it actually wasn't originally Hulk Hogan's theme song? That song. That song. Yes, it was made popular yeah. by Hogan, but uh, it was originally the theme song. For Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda, they were known as the U.S. Express, former WWE Tag Team Champions. They used that theme song for a short period of time. In fact, here's a crazy thought. They were using that theme song before Hulk Hogan, and so Hulk Hogan didn't really use that theme song in terms of a WrestleMania. Matter of fact, at the first WrestleMania, Hogan didn't use that theme song. Wow. Pretty crazy thought. Most of us forget that. That's crazy. Hogan early on was using all sorts of different theme songs. I, the Tiger from Survivor Se- or from the Survivor. I uh, loved band. that when I loved when he did that. Yeah, that was a great one. So, uh, but Hogan certainly isn't the first one to uh, recycle another theme song from another wrestler. The Rock's current theme song uh, was originally that of Nation of Domination. So uh, you've got a few of them that are out there that belong to someone else and then were repurposed or retooled and uh, found a new home in uh, with a different wrestler. So congratulations. Well, I yeah. always liked this song because it had the, the homie Rick Derringer on vocals. Yes. Who also did the vocals on Demolition Song. Nice. And you're, you're absolutely right. This song was debuted on October 1st, 1985. Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda used it on WWF Championship Wrestling. But it was also later used by Curtis Axel, Gerald Briscoe, and Pat Patterson. Here's one that throws me, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Well, you know, we remember the relationship between Orndorff and uh, Hogan. And there was one point where Orndorff was kind of a good guy. Strangely enough, Orndorff was in WrestleMania, uh, the first WrestleMania, uh, along with uh, Roddy Piper and Bob Orton against Hulk Hogan and Mr. T in the main event, uh, which is kind of crazy. To say the least, so go figure. And of course, Curtis Axel used it as part of Axelmania. I remember that as uh, he was, you know, really trying to find his way in WWE following his intercontinental he and Macho Mendel. Oh Lord, help us! Yes, yes, yes. It's crazy to think Achoo. about these different wrestling uh, uh, parodies that happened over time, but. Anyway, just a little uh, factoid there for you. You might get asked that during a trivia question somewhere. You just never know. You'll need to know it. You'll need to know it thanks to your friends here at The Faction. Hey, before we get into a lot of things, uh, we've got to talk about the significance of today. Today is 9-11. And, of course, 18 years ago today, uh, our country and our world stopped uh, as there were terrorist attacks here on American soil impacting the cities of New York, Pennsylvania and a field in Pennsylvania Um, and though the direct hits happened there it was really all across the country that it was impacted and it impacted all of our ways of life from travel to entertainment everything was impacted by what happened at 9-11 I want to ask you uh, relative to the world of pro wrestling how do you think pro wrestling has changed in 18 years specifically related 
to 9-11. Now, we've seen other changes happen, but 9-11 brought about some unique changes. Of course, we remember that, uh, ironically, that night, SmackDown was supposed to be taped in Houston, Texas, back when SmackDown was taped and not live, and uh, that was naturally preempted uh, to air live on Thursday, which I believe was the first live airing of SmackDown ever. And uh, that started, of course, with Vince McMahon telling the world, uh, you know, the strength and resilience of American citizens as it was the first mass gathering of U.S. citizens uh, since 9-11. So your thoughts on how the wrestling business uh, have cha- has changed eight, since 18 years ago and 9-11? Well, first, I'll start out and say what a, 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 a gutsy but needed move by Vince McMahon to say we're still going to run with our live show. Mm. We are, we, we, we're going to be live. We're going to bring the boys out. Uh, you go back and look at the taping. It's Vince McMahon back before the execs had to wear suits. Right. Vince is just there in a the button down, standing beside one known as Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I think about on WWE.com, there is a, a little portion where they bring up the oral history of 9-11, 9-1-1. And Bill DeMott, he talks about it. He says he was getting ready to go to the arena. He woke up and he thought it was a movie. Jim Ross said that they were in San Antonio the night before, and they were staying the next night in Houston as they had a show that night. And they were in Vince McMahon's suite at 7.45 a.m. for a production meeting. And Vince yells out of the bedroom in a suite, turn the TV on. Wow. Booker T says he was getting a cup of coffee when he saw Lillian Garcia, who's from New York, documented, and the guys go on and on talking about it. I myself lived in Hampton, Virginia, and John's Creek Apartment, shout out them. My wife was downstairs. My Uncle George called and said, turn the TV on. And when I did, I thought what I too, I saw what I too thought was a movie when I said, uh, this looks cinematic. Hmm. It is too cinematic to be real. Right. This has to be a new Harrison Ford movie who was a hot person back then. Right. And lo and behold, it was our country uh, uh, experiencing trauma. And then uh, once the Pentagon hit happened, uh, I went and got my daughter out of school because I didn't know. I figured living in Hampton Roads near Langley, near the shipyard, mm-hmm. near uh, Oceana, uh, that we were definitely next in our area. And I wanted my family to be together. I remember how proud I was as a wrestling fan to watch the live airing of SmackDown Mm -hmm. as we were the first uh, uh, genre of sports, if you will, to have a live audience that's a large audience in one Mm -hmm. venue. And though uh, the, 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 the emotions were high, it was needed. It was as needed as Barack Obama getting out of the car, walking the streets in his first inauguration. That was scary, but it was needed for us to say everything's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, it was an interesting time in our country. Americans came together uh, in a way that we had not seen, certainly in our lifetimes. Um, And it was a very powerful moment. I remember watching reports where news reporters were crying on the air, which were things that you just did not see. Um, before news reporters usually are emotionless in these types of stories, but they couldn't contain themselves. And so uh, we saw certainly that kind of emotion pour out uh, during the 9-11 show. And uh, it was just a really powerful show where many wrestlers uh, shared their thoughts from the heart 
Um, unfortunately, we started getting used to those kinds of shows because, you know, you go back to the passing of Owen Hart, where we first got to see wrestlers really sharing their emotions uh, in these unscripted backstage kinds of interviews. One of the ways that I think wrestling changed is that we no longer saw these stereotypical nationalistic characters arise. Uh, there was only one that I could remember following um, following this that was from the Middle East. So you still had like your Cesaros and you know folks who were from other countries that were proud of that, but you did not have any folks from the Middle East portrayed. The only time I can remember that post 9-11 was a character named Muhammad Hassan who was a young guy who was on oh, yeah, SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. And he created a lot of problems, 2003, 2004. Um, And ultimately, when he was ended, uh, he was ended in a very violent way. I just remember The Undertaker literally choke slamming him through a stage onto a concrete floor. And normally when that kind of thing happens, they don't show the person. They showed him on the floor. And so it, they wanted to be sure that we understood the finality of it. Um, but it was very controversial. And if you remember, prior to 9-11, certainly in the 70s and in the 80s, uh, they were very, very big on um, pulling on the nationalistic tendencies. You know, we were going through the Cold War. And so, you know, if you were Russian, think about some of the most popular tag teams in the NWA during that time, the Koloffs, and you know, with Crusher Khrushchev, Nikita and Ivan, and uh, all the heat that they would garner because they were Russian. Nicole, Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik because they were Russian and Iranian. You know, and, and the Sheik would always say, Iran, number one, America, or America. <laughs> ah, you know, like he'd always man, do that, that type of stuff. Thing, yo, it used to wear me thin, man. Yo, it was crazy. But that was a way to get cheap heat. And uh, they don't do that anymore because it just became too sensitive. And I thought that that was the right call for WWE and all of wrestling. I don't know that we needed those kinds of stereotypes. Because if you go back, um, uh, certainly on the WWE Network and check out some of the things that were on there, it's kind of abysmal. Well, you know what, GB? Uh, I, I would love to say that it may have been. I think WWE decided how he left off. But it was really from the pressure of the UPN network that said, yeah. this is not something we want to market on our network, which brings me to a 2019 larger question is, as they're not dealing with UPN now, they're dealing with Fox and they're dealing with major money. Yes. Uh, will, will they pressure them in areas where they feel like you're pushing the envelope? And we know in 2019, we as wrestling uh, lovers, we love some envelope pushing. Well, I think it's going to really depend on which envelopes get pushed. Because I think one of the things that uh, certainly was we're talking about Fox and SmackDown, which SmackDown is set to debut first Friday in October, October the 4th. We are ever so close to this debut for SmackDown. Um, there's, it's a game changer. A lot of things about SmackDown are going to change. The logo is going to be different for one. There's also talk of uh, uh, an actual draft now for SmackDown that's going to be treated uh, like the NFL draft. So they're, they're really looking to do things because one of the things that's true, and, and this is amazing to me, watching the NFL kickoff season on Fox as the Cowboys whipped up 
on those New York Giants this weekend. Oh, uh, there's um, no need for that, GB. Oh, sure there is. And next week we're really going to be at odds because they're going to beat up on those Redskins, the Deadskins. Hey, I'm sorry. Hey, and this, I'm, this, I'm this really is, happy about it. This is a wrestling podcast. It is. And we need to stay focused on wrestling topics. We are. As the Dallas uh, AT&T Stadium was the home of not just the Dallas Cowboys, but the largest the largest attended WrestleMania in history, WrestleMania well, you, you 32. Better, you better pray we don't get a dome in D.C. Else, we're going to host ourselves a WrestleMania. Y'all ain't getting a dome in D.C. We, GB, we may get a dome. No, you, you never know. Your Redskins need to – now, granted, you need a dome so that the Redskins can be covered with that horrible plane that they do. <laughs> I mean, they were they were whipping up on the Eagles like 21 to zip and lost. So, well, listen, the Eagles hulked up on us. What do you think is going to happen? They started hulking and shaking and everything. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Washington can't handle that. But we know that. Anyway, be that as it oh, may, uh, while watching while watching Fox, I could not believe my excitement when I started seeing the commercials for SmackDown on Fox. Hearing the announcers mention, we're excited about SmackDown coming to Fox. Um, you know, seeing... The, the promos for fall programming and SmackDown right in the middle of it. It it was mind-blowing to me that here as pro wrestling, we have finally been mentioned. Now, granted, we've been on ESPN. We've been on, on – but to be mentioned in the same breath as the NFL, as the Super Bowl, all of these other things I think is absolutely monumental. Listen, in the words of Fox, we're all superstars. We're all now, superstars. That's right. <laughs> the, 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 if, guys, if you have not seen this commercial, you really have to go search out on Google or YouTube. It, it's it, it's real life. Even Snoop Dogg yes. gets in. You know, he loves a good WWE moment. Absolutely. Gets in on, on, gets in on the action. The lady sitting up like the Undertaker just sends me over the moon, man. You know, but, but I, listen. Yeah, go ahead. This is, this is exciting. Yeah. Wrestling is getting headlines. We're being promoted at the same time as, as NFL, uh, NBA. There's even a shot of MLB in there. It's just tremendous. It is a tremendous moment. And so in terms of what they're going to do, I think they're going to make SmackDown better. And uh, when we get to SmackDown, I think we can already see moments of how that's already improving the product. So shout out to SmackDown on Fox this this fall. Oh, my God. Could be the greatest fall in the history of pro wrestling based on what's happening here in the world of wrestling. And so with that said, I want to mention one of the perks of living here in the ATL is being able to support local wrestling promotions. And over the weekend, I got to attend for the first time Southern Honor Wrestling. Southern Honor Wrestling, an amazing promotion here in the metro Atlanta area. Um, put together by some of my friends at the DDP Yoga Performance Center who are doing just amazing things. And this this was amazing. It was just amazing. It's hard to go to a wrestling show when you don't know any of the people and get hooked. You know, we shoot, we went to uh, we went to the Impact show and uh, some of them hooked us, some of them didn't. But to yeah. be at this show, to get hooked from start to finish, man, Southern Honor Wrestling is absolutely an amazing promotion. I've already purchased my tickets for next month's show, um, which is going to be amazing. They're doing War Games, which is just out of this world. I don't know any local promotion that would even attempt such a thing. And they're going to do it as part of their one-year anniversary show. They've, uh, they've had all sorts of people 
come through uh, Southern Honor Wrestling. Jake the Snake, uh, the big thing that happened with AEW's uh, Kenny Omega and uh, Chris Jericho before Double or Nothing happened right there at Southern Honor Wrestling. Uh, big cast right? and more. Yeah, so Southern Honor Wrestling is doing something absolutely incredible. Got to shout them out. And uh, hopefully one of these days we'll, we'll have them featured here on The Faction. Bro, that'd be great. You were there for what we call the shot heard around the world this weekend, though. Ah, yes, 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 yes. I must tell you about it. It was an intergender match uh, that took place. It was a second match on the card, and it featured uh, a couple of amazing folks, which, by the way, I have to say, I am amazed at the diversity at Southern Honor Wrestling. Like, it can, is can, beautiful. Can we just pause on that? Yeah. It's That's beautiful. just amazing. It's beautiful. I mean, and, I, and I'm going to shout the guys out. Jordan Kingsley, a brother, Sean Dean, Shotgun Killers, Owen Knight, mm -hmm. uh, uh, O'Shea Edwards, and also the champion, A.C. Mack. Yes, and so this this uh, mixed tag match, interestingly enough, three of the four people were African-American. You have the team of Trevor Aon and Shalandra Royal against David Ali and, or, excuse me, David Ali and Danny Jordan. So there's a moment where Shalandra Royal and uh, David Ali are face-to-face, -face, getting ready to battle each other, but they're not supposed to battle each other because the men and the men, the women and the women. Shalandra slaps David. David hauls off and literally strikes this girl full force, forearm to the chest. It was the most amazing hit I've ever seen, and I'm not an advocate for male on female violence, but no, for you, him, you are very usually uh, very highly outspoken. I on am it. highly outspoken on it, but there was something about that that made me go, "Whoa, this is mega different!" And uh, wow, 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 yeah. wow, amazing. Those guys are really trying to create something special down there. Yeah, and they're succeeding. So October the fourth will be their next. Uh, uh, next presentation it'll include war games shannon moore will be here a lot of other folks will be here uh if you can go to southernhonorwrestling.com and get more information or follow them on social media uh it'll certainly be a good follow but again congratulations to them all right we're going to take a break when we come back and matter of fact jordan kingsley is part of a tag team called not yet rated and uh they're going to take on uh the lynch mob uh, next month and that's going to be pretty crazy but when we come back we're going to talk more about uh, AEW we'll talk about the NWA and their TV update we've got an update on NXT we're talking about WWE's invasion of Madison Square Garden and we're going to get our predictions for Clash of Champions but first and, and wait well yeah but first, let's go to a very important track from Bruce Springsteen, which was a big part of the wrestling lexicon in the early 80s. Here's Bruce Springsteen with Born in the USA. You've got it locked to the faction, powered by Bonnerfide Radio. This is Caprice Coleman, and you're listening to the faction on Bonnerfide Radio. That's right, the mount, the style, the grace, the shape, and the face. Support Bonnerfide Radio, the faction. Keep it on, baby. Kick it took us back. 
And now an announcement. Ladies and gentlemen. Look, everyone. Belle and Ebenezer are in love. No, silly. Pain is in the building. You can now listen to Bonafide Radio, courtesy of our new mobile app. Available for the iPod, iPad, and iPhone. Come on, you can do Find it. out the latest news, check out our podcast, or listen to us live. Listen. Right now on your phone. Oh, yeah. Download the app today via the iTunes App Store by searching for Bonafide Radio or at iphone.bonafideradio.com. I'm living in that 21st century. We got something to say. Listen. Would you like to take your business or service to the next level? Yeah. Consider adding Bonafide Radio to your marketing plan. I can't wait. We will gladly share your product with our listeners in a creative, efficient, affordable, and professional manner. This is so gnarly. For more information, scroll to the bottom of our website and click Advertise. Uh-huh. Or email us directly at sales at getbonafide.com. I know you're going to dig this. This is Tracy Lynn, and I want you to take a journey with me through the jazzy side of Bonafide Radio. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m., tune in to Melodic Grooves right here on GetBonafide.com or via the Bonafide Radio app. Bonafide Radio, radio the way it's supposed to be. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Hey, welcome back to the faction that was born in the USA, Bruce Springsteen. JB, let's kick it. All right, so we're talking about this amazing, amazing fall that is happening. And uh, it involves, of course, NXT moving to USA. It involves the WWE, SmackDown moving to uh, Fox. Now, we talked about SmackDown going to Fox. Now, we need to talk about NXT moving to USA because that happened a week from today. Next Wednesday, the live premiere of NXT on USA. For two hours, it will be. However, comma. This is an important however, comma. A programming note for you. For the first two weeks, NXT will be on USA for the first hour. And on the second hour, they will be on the WWE Network. It's important that you check that out. Now, I have my theories as to why. Would you like to know? I definitely want to know because I think that's whack. Well, here's what happened. Um, they so jumped the gun. They, they, did, they did jump the gun. Um, Suits, which is normally on at that 9 p.m., Time slot uh, is slated to end their season uh, the week yes, before we October the fourth, and so they still have four. I basically watched every episode. Yeah, so they still had episodes left. But WWE made this announcement about going live two hours, and uh, obviously the idea of preempting suits wasn't going to make a whole lot of sense. So I definitely think they jumped the gun, and I have to say this for everyone who wants to say this is not competition. This proves that it's competition because they wanted yep. to jump into that. Now, the time slot wasn't available until October the, the, the second anyway, but they chose to jump the gun so that we would get accustomed to tuning into USA and we'd have that rhythm for a couple of weeks before the AEW product hits the, the, the marketplace. So uh, I don't know how we feel about this. What are, what are your thoughts yeah. on this? 
Uh, clearly, they jumped the gun. They, they decided we need to jump on this before they did it. So they're trying to roll out a beta test of it. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> with it being a beta test, I will tell you this. If I am at home and I'm watching the first hour and you go to the website, I'm not watching the second hour. That's just really honest. Mm-hmm. And, and plus, I'm a huge Suits fan. So I'm not going to tune in because I'm going to be watching Suits. So then I I don't have it on my DVR, which is a go to. So then I have to log on to the website and watch the watch the the archive of the second half. So I think it's noble what they're trying. I'm simply viewing this as a beta test, like when phone companies roll out something early and they let you uh, sign up for a beta version of it. Well, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the good thing for WWE and NXT fans is NXT fans are already familiar with the WWE Network because they've been watching NXT on the network the whole time. That's the place where they can watch it. So I don't think it's going to be a huge inconvenience for folks who are already fans of NXT. The real question will be, for those fans who are not fans of NXT, that may be casual fans of Raw or SmackDown, who are looking to find another WWE product on Monday nights on USA, or excuse me, on Wednesday nights on USA. So the question will be, will those folks ultimately convert to the WWE Network? So here's my thought. For On one hand, I think the NXT product is so strong that there are people that will do it. It could result in uh, perhaps... Uh, raised buy rates for the WWE Network. Considering that the first month is free, they may trial it to see what it's like, go back and check out old episodes of NXT, and it may be enough to hook them for when AEW shows up. I don't know, um, but I don't think it's going to hurt the already um, already established NXT fan base since they are used to watching the program on the WWE Network anyway. I don't know that it's right. going to be a, a huge pain for them now if this were like raw or smackdown that might be something different since that audience is used to you know watching on broadcast television so interesting stuff there now of course their competition aew will premiere that same night october the 2nd on tnt 8 p.m eastern and uh we're starting to get the numbers in for aew all out their uh latest big pay-per-view and so some preliminary numbers have come in and it looks like between the traditional pay-per-view numbers and the BR Live numbers, which would be the streaming numbers, the fight TV numbers, etc., it's looking like they did about 100,000 buys, which is pretty significant for a company that has no television presence whatsoever. Very true. Very true. Traditional pay-per-views came in around 28,000. That was down from Double or Nothing's 35000 Again, that's traditional pay-per-view buying on your cable outlets. So, of course, that kind of makes sense to me. I, I equate it to who's buying CDs versus who's uh, streaming product these days. People tend right. to stream, and, and this society is no, no different. So the fact that the bulk of the, the, the buys and the streams came from you know those watching BR Live or Fight TV, the internet community, makes a lot of sense and while those you know there are some who may think a hundred thousand buys isn't a whole lot it is kind of significant if you don't have a tv deal yet that's real that's real those are huge yeah huge numbers a hundred thousand so yeah go ahead um you know when, when i look at it, it those numbers are, are, are huge now it is down from double or nothing it is well the, the double or the, nothing had one hundred and eleven thousand buys mm-hmm 
another noteworthy thing, and this may be nothing about nothing, is that it's being reported that 46% of the fans who ordered All Out also ordered Double or Nothing, which means 54% of the other people did not order it. So were they busy? Was there something else going on? But I believe this all 100% will show up for the first night on TNT. So it's interesting that you say that. I, I Again, you know, numbers are important. I think, you know, asking the wrestling community to drop $50 for a pay-per-view is a much larger ask in today's wrestling environment than it was 20 years ago. 20 years ago, we were accustomed to dropping 30 and $40 a month on a pay-per-view. So I think, and I've said this before, but AEW is going to have to figure out, and even they're gonna, even though they're doing, I'm hearing like four pay-per-views a year, they're going to have to figure out how do you make the upfront cost for the consumer less? Because here's the thing. Right. We may complain about the caliber of WWE's pay-per-views, which have gotten better over time, but the one thing that holds true is I'm paying $9.99 a month. And at times, I'm getting two pay-per-views a month. Um, I'm getting tons of events on there as well. I'm archiving and accessing all kinds of things. AEW, not the case yet. So uh, they're going to have to figure that piece out. Or to your point, those numbers are going to get even smaller. Now, you know know what I'd like to compare, and maybe one of these days we'll be able to find it. I want to see the difference in the numbers between All Out and say Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen. Since Fighter, oh, no, Fest, that's good. Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen were free pay per views. Yeah, that's true. So it'll be interesting to see there because. And see what the numbers are for those. Exactly. Because the difference in those will tell you who's really watching the product, who's committed to the product, and who's just interested uh, and who's willing to pay for the product. Because the truth of yeah. it is. You know, there's a difference between being interested in the product and being willing to pay for the product, uh, and that's a that's you, a big brother, difference. That's a big. You difference. just said a whole lot. It's a big difference. So that's that's a hill that AEW is going to have to climb. That uh, WWE and several other promotions have already figured out. Ring of Honor has figured it out. Um, New Japan has figured it out. Pro- uh, Progress has figured it out. Hopefully, AEW will be able to figure out a channel, perhaps on BR Live that runs nine ninety nine a month. Um, but here's the other problem that they have: they don't have enough material right now to put on there. You know, um, these other networks they've but, got but, previous pay per views to grab. Don't push from, Cody so. now. Now I'm not gonna put now. Don't don't push him because Cody will create some content. Well, sure, and I'm hearing they're gonna be creating content at all of these TV tapings, um, which I think is gonna be of utmost importance. And as they get the TV tapings, this is just my mind flowing, and I probably shouldn't be offering AEW free advice without consultation fees. But one of the things that would be smart for them to do would be to archive their episodes of AEW TV. And put that yeah. on BR Live. Currently, they actually have all of the previous episodes of, you know, a Road to Fighter Fest or Road to All Out um, on BR Live, which is cool. But those are all of ten minutes tops, you know. So yeah, if you want some real content, they should develop a channel on there, get a, a, a subscription price where now you don't have to charge, um, you know, fifty dollars because that's going to get old and- quick. And, and don't go crazy on a subscription price, guys. Right. 
Right. Let's, Please don't be the NWA TV taping of exactly because uh, uh, you you will uh, it will not go well for you. So offering me Buddy Landell, right? Like what in the world? Who wants to see that? All right. So with that said, let's switch gears. MSG, the original home of the WWE, played home to Raw and SmackDown this week, leading into Clash of Champions, and this was very political. Of a move. Mm. Let's get into it as we talk about the raw recap from MSG. Courtney, take it away. WWE Raw was live from New York, New York at Madison Square Gardens. Things kicked off with the OC when they confronted Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman, and the Hall of Famer Stone Cold Steve Austin, who everybody kept calling Steve. Just Steve. Don't call him Steve. I don't like when they call him Steve. During the Universal Championship match contract signing, Cedric Alexander defeated United States Champion AJ Styles via disqualification. Roman Reigns introduced the Connors Cure Superstars of Tomorrow. Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair defeated SmackDown Women's Champion Bayley and Sasha Banks. Rey Mysterio defeated Grand Metalik. That was a great match. Baron Corbin, who had a good match, defeated Ricochet and Samoa Joe to advance to the King of the Ring final. Natalya defeated Columbia's best Lacey Evans. Bray Wyatt thought about strange danger on Fire Fun House. And a Universal and Raw Tag Team Champion Seth Rollins and Raw Tag Team Champion Braun Strowman and Cedric Alexander. And the Viking Raiders defeated the OC. Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, and then they all got wasted on Stone Cold's brand new alcoholic beverage mid-ring. And shout out Sad for getting some primetime television. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Monday Night Raw was was pretty solid. I think uh, there's something about you know it had some Mad- energy on it, man. It did. I think there's there is a mystique to Madison Square Garden. Nothing like it. I was just there a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it's and the crowd. The crowd gave us what they wanted, man. The yeah. crowd was good. Yeah, it was. It was just. It was a great. It was a great energy that I think WWE dramatically needed. Um, certainly, going into their time on Fox and going into this seemingly head-on head head-to-head battle with AEW, I think uh, it was well, amazing. It, they've been moonlighting over in Brooklyn all this time, right? And uh, acting like the new sexy girl is is all there is. Well, but no, 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 no. I have a thought. They on went that, to the though. prom with who they came with this time. I I think the the trips to Brooklyn may have been strategic because that's a smaller arena than MSG. It is, but man, MSG showed up last night. They did. Well, they haven't had a Raw or SmackDown there in many, many years, um, so many, it's many years. it's significant. And you know, if you think about it, this is the only place to house three different WrestleManias. Um, you yep. know, it's 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 not something that you just show up to on a weekly basis. It is the hallowed halls, as we used to say at Virginia uh, Union, and dear old walls. There's nothing like Madison Square Garden. And I'll say this. I said this during the Raw reunion, and they are proving me true. I'm convinced somebody somewhere in the ivory towers of WWE listens to this show because I said they're going to find a way to capitalize on having legends show up every week as part of WWE. And it has held true, whether they were on Skype, whether they were there live, 
And here this week in the Garden, you start off Raw and SmackDown with two legends. And to me, perhaps the call of the night, unintentional or not, was Michael Cole. His first words on Monday Night Raw as Stone Cold hits the ring is, and once again, everything is right with the world because Stone Cold Steve Austin is on Monday Night Raw in Madison Square Garden. I'm nervous about a a quote like that. I'm nervous about a quote like that, though, because on one hand, it is good that Stone Cold is back, um, and Stone Cold has been back quite a bit lately in WWE. Now, it doesn't hurt that he has a show that airs right afterwards, but he hasn't been promoting that show on there. He's been on as part of the action, which I got to tell you, seeing a stunner from Stone Cold, God, it just feels right. And it wasn't a bad stunner either. No. I mean, I didn't like the way AJ took it. I didn't like the one knee thing, but but I I, I really, you know, it, it all felt right. And, you know, he's a little slower in his talk than he's been, uh, but he still has that energy, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately. And he looks great in a T-shirt still. Well, yeah, he still looks like he could go. So my question is, are they working on having Rock for the first SmackDown, which would be epic? They absolutely have been working on having Rock for the first SmackDown from L.A. Uh, there have been all sorts of talk about that. And quite frankly, if you're going to have Steve Austin from MSG on Monday Night Raw, your first SmackDown on Fox has to have The Rock. The show was named yeah. after The Rock. You got to yeah. do it. Man, here, here's a question, and we've never discussed this. I wonder what venues are on the Mount Rushmore of the wrestling legacy and world. Clearly, Madison Square Garden is up there. Uh, I'm wondering if things like the Greensboro Coliseum are up there. Uh, I would think the Greensboro Coliseum. I would think the Omni in Atlanta. I would think uh, the Keel Center in St. Louis. I would think... um, Almost any venue in Chicago, you know, just pick yeah. one. Um, uh, I'll tell you, on, on the B team, though, is the Norfolk Scope. Oh, yeah. I think I think that's a yeah. – particularly if you're thinking about NWA, WCW, some incredibly yeah. significant moments uh, have happened there. On the B team is definitely the Norfolk Scope. You have to include, I think, the Baltimore Arena. Um, if you're talking yeah. about Baltimore and you talk about the Boston Gardens for the uh, old oh, WWF man. and, you know, that type of thing. You have to mention the Philadelphia Spectrum, which was housed. Now, that place was Oof. legendary. Oof. So that many places. That place was legendary. Then you got to talk. There's still to this day not a crowd like the Philly crowd. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. You got to talk about the Cow Palace in San Francisco. You got to talk oh. about and, and 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 there's no way you talk about memorable wrestling spots without talking about places like the Mid South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee, the Nashville yeah. Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee, or of course the famed Sportatorium in Dallas, Sporta- Texas. You that talk thing about didn't have air condition. It didn't, but it, it didn't. housed some of the and biggest no moments cared. in this sport. And do you know what else you put on there? If you're thinking international, you have to put the Tokyo Dome up Oh, there. most definitely. Most definitely. Tokyo Dome has to be there. Uh, so there's- I'd be interested to hear from some of because our, our followers range in age. Yes. I would be interested to hear some facts from Faction Faithfuls 
What do you think is on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling venues? Well, and here's what's so different about modern day wrestling. There's not as much emphasis put on the where as much as there is on the what. So, for dude, us, seriously, it's I crazy. remember the 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 the, uh, the the voice and the tone yes. when they would say live from the Spectrum yes. or from the Greensboro, or the, you know, all those things. So I'll tell the you, Civic I'll tell you something that I remember. I can tell you, and this is going to sound weird and nerdy, but I can tell you some of the arenas certain things happened from from the ceiling shots. Me too. Me too. The, there's a I certain, know the ceiling when a, I see them. The, certain, the two that stand out to me the most are Madison Square Garden and the Norfolk Scope. Those ceilings are very specific. There is a behind the music with the Winans family, mm. and BB Winans is telling a story uh, about Whitney Houston being on tour with them. And there's a picture he posted, and he said, uh, "We were at this venue, and I said Norfolk Scope because yep. I know that ceiling mm-hmm. right there." Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. and if you don't know, the Winans family are are the 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 uh, the the Von Erichs, if you will, without yeah. tragedy. Yeah, the Von Erichs are the heart the foundation mm-hmm. of a, of the music community. Yeah. Uh, and so you, you're right. As a kid, you learn to. I'll tell you one more nostalgic piece. We can go on. In Mid Atlantic Wrestling, when they were going to a, a, an arena into a city, they would put. If it was a cage match, they put the cage up, and in two minutes, they would interview about twelve people. You just come up and you'd say about twenty seconds. Then another guy would come up and you'd say twenty seconds. You come up and they would just roll those things back to back. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So special times uh, and certainly Madison Square Garden is a very special place. And I definitely think Monday Night Raw felt special because of it. Um, Different things that happened on Raw. Now, let me ask this question because this came up on our social media feed when I was asking about Monday Night Raw and their thoughts. And many felt as though uh, the match between the four horsewomen, the tag match, should have ended the night instead of the 10-man tag match that happened. What are your thoughts? I can agree with that. I could agree with that. And can you imagine how much more the women would have burned the house down? Yeah. I think that we are in the middle of, again, a women's renaissance. Now, I will go online and say what, uh, what many won't say, which is, guys, we are desperately missing Ronnie. Now, with that being said, I definitely think that the four horsewomen should have ended the night, and they should have ended the night with Stone Cold in the middle of the ring. Yeah. Now, he couldn't have stunned anybody, but I'm just saying, could you imagine him and Becky and Charlotte uh, drinking Steve Weisers in the middle of the ring? Yeah, you know, I, 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 so I'm torn, right, because I definitely think it should have ended the night. Um, I don't know that I'm as interested in a Steve Austin Charlotte shot as I am as a Steve Austin Becky Lynch shot, which, you know, a lot of people talked about the stunner that Becky gave to Stone Cold on his show uh, last week or so, which I thought was absolutely amazing. Um, Now, I will say this, though, where I do think they got a lot of mileage out of it is for Cedric Alexander who I think yes, has been the, the pro- true winner here. Yes, he's the true winner from an amazing King of the Ring showing to actually pinning AJ Styles, which is huge, and then getting the rub from Stone Cold, and now he'll be getting a U.S. title match at Clash of Champions. I think this is a great moment for Cedric Alexander. 
and great way for WWE to continue to build new stars and use the the legacy and the rub from the previous generation to make an impact on the current generation. I think it's pretty brilliant. I think it's brilliant as well. Shout out Cedric Alexander. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, um, it's time to talk about SmackDown, the second night of WWE's uh, Voyage Home to Madison Square Garden. We'll talk about all that took place there. And uh, it's time for Clash of the Champion predictions, which means Courtney is going to have to put that title on the line. Uh, Let's see what that looks like and who he's defending against because apparently a lot of you – Wanted a shot at the title. We'll see what's going to happen when we come back. But right now, let's go to some music uh, representing those street profits as they bring the swag, not just on Monday nights, but soon to be on Wednesday nights. You've got it locked to the faction powered by Bonnerfied Radio. I got a lot left in the title. What's up, guys? This is Mark Henry, the world's strongest man, and you're tuned in to the faction.
mini money whoa turn up now i'm about to blow up and y'all don't even know powder keg about to blow independent i run this show international run the globe hyperdrive no cruise control got the life and they losing foe i stay 100 i keep it home grown i live for the applause and all the people know i bring the swag like nobody can no mean to brag what about it yeah i bring the swag like nobody can it's in the bag man i got it yeah got it it from the bottom hey got to be up in your face put in proof is in the chase put in work the paper pays on the up and i'm on the road you can eat and you cut and cold i can drive no cruise control got the life and they losing foe i stay 100 i keep it home grown i live for the applause and all the people know i bring the swag like nobody can no mean to brag what about it yeah i bring the swag like nobody can it's in the bag man i got it yeah i bring the swag like nobody can no mean to brag what about it yeah i bring the swag like nobody can it's in the bag man i got it This recap of the remix is sponsored by Domingo Mejor. Born Stanley Martin Lieber in New York City in 1922, Lee entered the comic book world as a teenage assistant in 1939. Stanley Lieber was the Joe Jackson of comic books. Mm, I don't even know how to feel about that. Yeah, just, I, I almost think he was greater than a Joe Jackson. I don't know, ain't nobody greater than Joe Jackson now. Wait a minute. That's when you messed up. No, 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 Why you did that? Why you did that? I don't know why you did that, GB. Why you did that? Oh, Lord. Stan Lee had a whole universe down in, in his head, in his, in his mind. <laughs> The remix on Bonafide Radio. We hear Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Here on Bonafide Radio. Radio the way it's supposed to be. Exclusively on the remix. Don't miss it. Don't miss it at all. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Hey, this is Courtney. Welcome back to the faction. That was Bring the Swag by your boys, the Street Profits. That's right, in CFO. GB, give us a little bit more. All right, so it is time to take a look at our second night in Madison Square Garden. Our second night, of course, featured SmackDown. And again, it emanated live from the historic Madison Square Garden in New York City and it started off with the Undertaker appearing. The Undertaker. Unbelievable. And he had some interesting words as he talked about, you know, he doesn't know how many more trips he'll have back to Madison Square Garden and he wanted to make way for the new generation only to be interrupted by Sami Zayn who got choke slammed almost out of his <laughs> shoes. The Miz defeated Andrade. The Nikki Cross defeated Mandy Rose. Heavy Machinery beat a couple of local guys. Then Eric Rowan, and we haven't had a chance to have the full Eric Rowan conversation. Maybe we will shortly. Eric Rowan and Roman Reigns had a brouhaha. Chaotic brawl, to say the least. Bailey defeats Ember Moon. Kofi Kingston returned to the place at Madison Square Garden. 
where he put the beat down on the uh, censored Randy Orton. And he did it again. We'll talk about that. And then, this is wild. Chad Gable was supposed to take on Elias in the King of the Ring semifinal. Elias has broken his ankle. Suddenly, he is replaced by Shane McMahon, who gets beat in a two out of three falls match with Kevin Owens as the referee. And the show closes with Shane McMahon firing Kevin Owens. Let's get your thoughts on SmackDown Live. My first thought was, Kobe Kingston, do you know how expensive those lights are you were pushing around on that cart? I those thought about, about the same thing. $30,000 each. <laughs> and then his segment was not well lit. Yeah. Wow. I was like, Kobe, what are you doing, my brother? But he had to but do that because that table broke before. <laughs> you, 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 you think about this, man. First off, shout out Chad Gable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to see what I think about Chad Gable right now. He has a very Marty Jannetty feel to me. Okay, and I don't want him to. Okay. I, I really want to believe in him. Uh, you know, we're still dealing with Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens. I think one of the highlights of the night for me was not just Kofi getting some, uh, in the words of Shannon Shaw, restitution, but uh, it's not just that, but seeing the Undertaker come out and start having the conversation about really passing the torch. Yes, uh, I'm I'm really concerned. I love Sami Zayn, but can anyone tell me what's wrong with Sami Zayn right now? What is he nursing? Hmm. So you think we've not seen a- him in full action. Mm-hmm. And he's doing what he can do really well, which is talk. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's some GB. Something's there. Yeah, I, you know, part of me wonders. Now, I can tell you this: I remember hearing, um, I remember hearing a podcast that he did while he was out uh, on injury with uh, Chris Jericho, and in the podcast, Jericho asked him, "Do you uh, miss being in the ring?" Do you miss that? And he said, no. I actually love being out here. I don't miss being in the ring. And it makes me question if and when I want to come back. And so part of me wonders if what we're seeing is not necessarily a physical injury, but a lack of passion to be in the ring on a regular basis. Dude, it, 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 it quite could be. Uh, he, he If this were the 80s, he would be a tremendous uh, manager. Sure. Because he can talk and he can take a bump. Yeah. So I, I, I just know that I like him in the ring. Mm-hmm. I thought he would have been great in the king of the ring. Uh, so I'm just wondering what's happening with him. But what you just said about the Jericho interview is uh, is is major. Yeah. I, I, I will, I'll go back to what I said about Kofi and that dog on light. Uh, Rowan throwing that camera at the guys ain't cheap either. <sighs> no, it's not. And, and that there was a are big weights one. attached to the other side of that. Yes, there are. I remember so them to using move that. that with one arm. Uh, whoo! He's a he's a heavy. He's a strong man. Very strong man. Strong man. So let me say this: I felt like to me SmackDown last night felt like vintage Raw. Felt like Raw from days gone by. Um, it yeah. felt, like, and yeah. here's what I mean. So remember, in days gone by, Monday Night Raw would start with one piece of a story, and we would see yep. that story develop throughout the show. 
And by the time we get to the end of the show, we've got like something you did not see coming. And so the way they handled this Chad Gable, Elias, Shane McMahon, King of the Ring thing, it just kept getting layers to it. So you had Shane coming in, you know, taking Elias' place, which you're like, really, you're going to do this again? Then you add in Kevin Owens as a referee, which is kind of crazy. Then he gets pinned, and now you turn it into a two out of three falls match, and you've got in there, you know, well, this could uh, take away from your $100,000 fine. To the parting shot of Kevin Owens getting fired, I thought it was just a masterful bit of storytelling that to some degree we may have seen recycled, but it didn't feel recycled, and it felt like we had that old thing happening when WWE yeah. was head head to head with WCW, yeah, it, it definitely felt good. The whole night cut. I, I'm not mad at it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm really not. It felt like a whole show. Yes, and let's not forget that Charlotte had on baptism first Sunday communion white. <laughs> she really did, though. <laughs> Mother came out ready. That's so funny. <laughs> She really did. So it was pretty impressive um, to see all the things that happened on SmackDown. And I'll say this. SmackDown really feels like it is getting ready for their time on Fox. Yeah. Yeah, clearly they're they're ramping up for something. They are. These shows are amazing. These guys are putting in incredible effort. And uh, it's really something special. Let me ask you this, because I'm kind of surprised. I naturally thought that this King of the Ring final would end up on Clash of Champions. Instead, the King of the Ring final is happening on Monday Night Raw next week. Is that weird, or does that make sense? It's weird, but listen, man, they're prepping for a fight. They got a billion-dollar fight on the other end of themselves. Sure, there's only $100 million put in, but there's a billionaire on the other end. They are prepping for a fight. They can no longer... Hold, uh, hold and hoard all of their best to one thing. They have to now spread it out. Hmm. You know, the other thing that's interesting to me is King of the Ring, of course, was once its own pay-per-view. So for the King of the Ring to be uh, resolved on another pay-per-view may seem a little weird. So now it's kind of something that we're seeing on a Monday Night Raw or a, t- a Tuesday Night SmackDown, which I just think is, you know, it's one of those things. So, yeah, so be it. Great day in the morning. We we shall see. We, we can say great day in the morning great is right. Great day in the morning. But I got to say, all in all, a great effort by WWE to uh, really do their thing this week. I thought it was a great week of programming. Worthy number one of Madison Square Garden. And number two, worthy of being the go-home show for a pay-per-view. They've been guilty lately yeah. of not exactly giving us those go-home shows. So, uh, pretty excited about that. All right, so that leads us now to prediction time. You guys know how it is here on The Faction, um, where we have the opportunity, of course, whenever pay-per-views come around, it's your chance for predictions. And all year long, well, really since WrestleMania, after WrestleMania, we crowned our faction champion, being Courtney Beard. And uh, he has been successful. We cannot deny that. He has successfully retained his championship um, and as we mentioned last week, of course, he's been doing it through kind of these best of seven series. So we went through about three or four months with him as champion. And so now 
it's time to see if he like is really a champion or not. So we're going to put him to the test at Clash of Champions. How about that? So last week we talked about this idea potentially of uh, a challenger. Who would challenge him? Not that I can't challenge him because, of course, I can. Clack can. you know. But we opened it up to uh, a number of our members of the faction. And I was shocked. Literally before we went off the air... We had people who were challenging Courtney Beard. Like everything was going on. The chat room was going on. Everything was going on to see who on earth would be the person to challenge Courtney. And I've been trying to figure out, should I do it? Because I felt like I had a really solid opportunity. You have to. to challenge for the championship. But uh, I made a decision and I said, we're going to open it up. To the fans let's see do we have any fans who are willing and able to challenge courtney beard uh gb i think you have one do we have one, one? that courtney beard is drastically afraid of ah. one drastically that- afraid drastically. i believe i've dealt with you before this is a grudge match that the people would love to see, but the people, they really don't want to see it because you got so decimated, desecrated, disputated, and desmentated at the last time. You know what, Beard? I was going to come in here and I was going to give you all these long soliloquies about you and well, carry your, on. Go for it. Go for your, it. Your, 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 your love for, for cheesecake. Uh, oh, yes. pepper, which, by the looks of it, you haven't missed the meal yet. Um, and, and, <laughs> because and, and, the champion eats well. <laughs> the champion eats too much. Um, GB, <laughs> listen. Here, here's 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 a couple of things, and, and real quick. Uh, Eight fourteen nineteen. Courtney Beard said Prince didn't get a response because Prince didn't matter. Uh, 8-14-19, Courtney Beard said, the people want me as a champion. This is blasphemy. Mm. 8-14-19, Courtney Beard said, we have the dumbest fans in wrestling podcast. I never said that. Uh, GB. Yes. He also said, on 9-4-19, you tried to bring Prince 3Q up here. I dusted him off, too. And then he went along on that same day and said, I'm literally a legacy and a dynasty. That's a laugh. He said, I don't care what you or any of these loser faction followers say. I'm still the champion. And don't you forget it either. And then he concluded and said, we have the dumbest fans I've ever seen. Uh, uh, GB, you and Clack don't deserve this. And I don't know if Clack is here. When did I ever say that the fans were dumb? Gave these dates i just gave the exact quotes courtney on which you said these situations if the people uh, are, are confused if i've said it once listen. i've said it twice i love our fans you're a lie <laughs> you're a lie well, you're in, a lie you in know case you haven't figured it out stepping up to answer the challenge is the one and only prince q which i think this is absolutely amazing that prince 3q would step up for the opportunity to not just compete against Courtney, but to win the faction 
championship. So let's not go that far in winning the faction championship. Well, GB, it it could happen as a result of clash of champions. So here's how it's going to go down, folks. And this is amazing. We're going to throw the matches out, and you guys are going to give us the predictions. And as you know, whoever walks away with the most correct predictions is your undisputed faction champion. Now, here's what's interesting. There are an odd number of matches for this. So the possibility of a tie is pretty low. We're going to see a champ. I'm excited. I know that we have folks in the chat room who were looking for this opportunity, folks all over the place who wanted the opportunity Prince3Q is the first to step up. Prince3Q is going to get this shot at the championship. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to roll down the list of matches set for Clash of Champions. And I know, Courtney, you like to go last because you're the champion. Because I'm the champ. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're going to give Prince3Q the opportunity to respond to these first. And then, Courtney, you'll get your shot. And, uh... We'll see what happens. We, 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 we can go match by match. I'm okay if us going match by match. That's fine. Well, I'm, I'm going to announce the matches first so that everybody has an idea of what's well, happening there's here. the notebook. The and notebooks. I want this posted. The notebook so is So the fans out. can see that <laughs> Prince3Q walked up here, tried to hit me with a chair shot, but he got dealt with because he ain't from these streets. Oh. I walked up there and took this title. <laughs> Point game match. I'm, Let's go, I'm excited to see. So here are the matches. We're going to run through them, and then we'll Apple come Pies, too. So remember, we've got mostly title matches here. The Cruiserweight Championship, Drew Gulak versus Umberto Carrillo and Lince Dorado. Got the Matt, Well, you said we're going to do match by match, right? So do you guys need to hear the full card, or do you want to go match by Give match? Give him the like full this? card so he can get his thoughts together. Then we'll go match by match. All right. That's perfectly so we, fine. So we heard the Cruiserweight Championship. Drew Gulak defends against Umberto Carrillo and Lince Dorado. The U.S. Championship. AJ Styles against Cedric Alexander. The Intercontinental Championship. Shinsuke Nakamura takes on The Miz. Then for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The champions Big E and Xavier Woods defend against The Revival. The WWE Women's Tag Team Championships are on the line. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross take on Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. The Raw Tag Team Championships up for grabs as Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman take on Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. SmackDown Women's Championship, Bayley defends against Charlotte Flair. The only non-championship match on this card sees Roman Reigns take on Eric Rowan in a no-DQ match. The WWE Championship is on the line as Kofi Kingston defends against Randy Orton. The Raw Women's Championship sees Becky Lynch against Sasha Banks. And the Universal Championship, Seth Rollins defends against Braun Strowman. All right, it's time for the picks. Prince3Q, kick it off. The Cruiserweight Championship, who do you have? I'm going to go with Drew. I think that right now Drew is just, he's on a roll. Uh, and and somebody's going to have to come in there and really uh, take it from out. So I'm going to go with Drew. Okay, Drew Gulak. And then for the uh, U.S. Championship. Uh, you know what? This is actually difficult, but I will say this has the potential to be the match, top match of the night, actually. Uh, I'm going to go with AJ. 
I'm not sure if they're ready to just strap Cedric with the rocket just yet, but I'm I'm gonna go with AJ. So AJ wait, we're not gonna go match by match? Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go. I'm sorry. I thought that's what we were doing, but that's okay. Let's go back to you, Courtney. The cruiserweight championship: Drew Gulak, Umberto Carrillo, Lince Dorado. Drew Gulak. Okay. Gulak, it is. All right. So you just said uh, Prince Three Q, AJ Styles for the U.S. Championship. Courtney, your thoughts. Of course, I mean, any blind man can see that AJ Styles. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, Intercontinental Championship, Shinsuke Nakamura versus The Miz. Prince 3Q. Uh, okay, GB, this is interesting to me. I'm going to go with The Miz, but I, I have my reasoning why. Uh, the Miz is an eight-time Intercontinental Champion. If he wins, he will be tied with Christopher Jerome Jericho. I think what WWE is doing is sending shots out to AEW. So what they're going to do is have The Miz win this, lose it again, and then win it back so he can become 10-time champion and erase uh, Mr. Jericho. I like your thought process. Courtney? Listen, man, I'm not mad. It, it, it makes all the sense in the world. I was going to choose The Miz only because I feel like he's been getting a lot of TV time and I feel like they've been uh, not able to push Shinsuke again as in the second time as much as they wanted to. And so it just feels right for The Miz. Interesting. All right. SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Big E and Xavier Woods versus The Revival. I'm going to go with The New Day. Uh, you know, they, they, they haven't been on TV. They've been uh, doing the injury. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with the New Day. Okay. Courtney? I'm going with the Revival. I think this is the end. Okay. All end right. of the road, boys and men. All right. Uh, the Women's yeah, Tag Team Championships. Alexis, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross against Fire and Desire. I'm going to go with Fire and Desire. Uh, okay. I think that, that, that Nikki, she might cause them the title, but I'm going to go with Fire and Desire. Okay. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. They're going to keep it for a little bit longer to keep Nikki uh, with something, with Nikki and Alexa with something to do. Okay. Okay. Their Raw Tag Team titles. Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman against Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. <sighs> GB, I, you know what? This, this one is kind of tough, but I'm actually going to go with Dolph and Roode. I think that this will definitely play into a factor at, uh, at, as to what goes on uh, later in the night. With their championship match, so I, I think uh, they're going to go with Dolphin Robert. Okay, Courtney. I'm going to go with Robert Root and Dolph Ziggler, just because I believe in Dolph Ziggler, and I think that Robert, who I'll start officially calling back Bobby Root, they're just going to win, and it just makes sense for business. Okay. SmackDown Women's Title: Bailey versus Charlotte Flair. As much as I want to go with the Queen. Because I think that Charlotte is still the best in the business. Uh, I, I have to go with Bailey, I, I, unfortunately. And I am not a Bailey fan, but I, I just think that Bailey needs this win. I think that WWE might mess up if they put this title on Charlotte, even though Fox is right around the corner. I, I think they go with Bailey. Courtney. I want to go with Bailey as well. It just makes sense for business. Charlotte doesn't need a championship to be relevant, but they got to keep it on old Jay Leno Jr. to see what she's going to do. Stop calling J-Lo J-Leno. It's not right. You always say that. <sighs> I always say it. what? You guys put words and, in my mouth and say you always say that, but no one's ever heard me say that. Whatever. Whatever. Ahead, Whatever. All right. The only non-championship match, Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan. No DQ. 
this is going to be a hard-hitting match. Uh, I'm going to go with Roman, um, but I don't think that this is the end of the feud. Uh, Hell in the Cell is what, October the 6th? Mm-hmm. Um, two days after <laughs> they premiere on Fox, which will play a role into another match, too. So I, I, I'm going to go with Roman. Okay. Courtney. Roman Reigns. It just makes sense for business. I so want to be in this match, but I'm staying out of it intentionally. Uh, let's see. The WWE Championship. Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. Guys, I, I actually think that this was, for me, one of the hardest matches to choose. Um, logic says, based upon what we've seen on Thursday, that Randall Keith Orton goes over. However, I actually think that they will stick to logic. I think that Randy goes over on Kofi. They have one more match at uh, at Hell in a Cell. And then I think that that's it for Kofi. And then I think that Roman challenges next because they are trying hard to put the strap on Roman. I, I just feel like Kofi was a great champion, but I think it was just underwhelming. And I, and I, and I feel like uh, he had his, his moment at WrestleMania. But now, because it's too many pancakes. Too many pancakes, too many fun things. And when you have a champion, you need somebody that's, you know, rock solid. So give me Randall Keith Orton. Interesting. Courtney. 3Q, you make some good arguments here, son. Uh, let me give you this. I think that I'm going to actually go with uh, Randy Orton on this. I think it's the end of the role of Kofi Kingston. I think the new day in the night without belts. Wow. Wait, 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 wait. Did, did you pick the new day? Or you know you picked the revival. No, he picked the revival. Okay. He picked the revival. All right, wow. uh, Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's Championship. <sighs> Match of the night. Um, and the fact that we have the four horsewomen in separate matches at this time, this is this is a great period for women's wrestling. Uh, give me Sasha. Sasha Banks, uh, I, I believe that she's going to get Becky. Uh, I just I feel like it's time. Yeah, I'm going to go with Sasha Banks as well. It makes just the right move for business all right all right and last but not least the universal championship seth rollins versus braun Strowman. seth wins i don't know how it will be done but i know that he wins and i feel like this will lead to a triple threat at hell in a cell with him braun and the fiend courtney I'm going to go with Seth. It just makes sense. I think Braun, I honestly, in my heart, believe Braun will never be champion. Hmm. Wow. Never? That's I think he'll never be champion. Why will he never be champion? Because it makes too much sense, and Vince is not going to pull the trigger on it. I think he doesn't feel like he could put Braun up for an interview. Do you think that his best opportunity was at, was in 2016, I want to say? By far. Okay. By far. Real By far. There wasn't as much corporate need on him. Now, it's tough. They want to be able to send their champion to do television. So who takes the strap off Seth when it's time? AJ. Because I, I feel like this. I feel like AJ. That's why it wouldn't shock me if AJ lost and said to get into a feud with Seth. I think they keep that on him. I just, I, I, I hate the fact that they're pushing the fiend so so fast with this. I, I kind of would like a build up. Maybe you give it to him, maybe as a virus series, but if anything at Mania, just because now if you give him the title and then you take it off of the theme, 
it, it, it might take a little of the luster off of that of Bray Wyatt, but Fiend I, needs I, to I, win at WrestleMania. Sure, I don't argue with with, with you that with with you there. I, mm. I I agree with you that. Interesting stuff for sure. So, uh, once again, you know the choices are kind of similar, with the exception. Well, really, there are only two matches that are different between you guys and that's the tag title match with new day and the revival matter of fact it's both tag title matches for the women's titles and the smackdown tag team championship so really it's going to come down to those two matches to see who's going to be the uh faction champion will courtney retain will prince 3q take the championship you've got to watch clash of champions this sunday to see what happens. I'm expecting a statue to be placed in these internet streets in front of the faction dome. Oh, this, this is what's going to happen, GB. Um, I'm going to take this title and I'm going to plaster it for the faction and the faction followers. And when I get done winning, I'm going to send Courtney Beard numerous fast food gift cards so that he can put his sorrows into something that he cares about just as much as he does Quinetta. Food. With that being said, I proudly relinquish my title. Send me the gift card. <laughs> exactly. I relinquish it right now. Exactly. Here's the thing, Prince. If you beat me, mm. I, I'll give you an opportunity to come on and do, and do a show and open the show with Salute My People. I don't want to do that. I, 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 I will share a little bit of my phrase with you if you win, because I'm certain you won't win, because wow. you can't be me. But you know why? Because you represent the fans, and we have the dumbest fans I've oh. ever seen in my life on this show, and they happen to send you as a representative. Wow. Only one Please. person cares about you, Beard, and that's Josh Bill, and he barely does that. Josh you are about Bill? It, you are about Josh Bill? You bring up Josh Wi-Fi. Bill? That's exactly what it is. You're about as relevant as your Wi-Fi. I'll see you on Sunday, Beard. I will I'll see you on you. Sunday at the Faction Dome. What you gonna do? What are you gonna do, Beard? What are you gonna what do? What are you gonna do? Because what the Faction Dome do? has already set. The tickets have been sold. We sold out do, in minutes. This is we know you're gonna place. eat. We know, we know what you're gonna do. You're gonna eat and ignore the treadmill. Wow. I am gonna tread all over you. There's going to be so much food in that gap in your teeth. It's not going to make any sense. And it's going to be a victory meal. No, wow. it's not. Well, Prince 3 a normal meal. Thank you for joining us. We wish you all the best. And uh, I know the fans of the faction are absolutely behind you to see if you can take this championship away from Courtney. And uh, I just I, I can't wait to see what happens. We'll all be watching this Sunday. Thanks for hanging out with us, brother. No doubt. All right, all right. So, there it is, folks. Prince 3Q is stepping up to the plate. He is taking the challenge. He will challenge Courtney for the championship this Sunday. You've heard the predictions. We'll make sure they are out on social media. And then we want to hear from you. Who you think is going to win? Do you think Courtney will retain his championship? Or will we have a new World Faction Champion can't wait to hear from you guys on it. Uh, here's how you can reach out to us by way of social media. Courtney. At C Major Beard on Instagram or Twitter. Courtney Beard on Facebook. Hashtag the champ is here. 
And of course, you can reach me at Bonnerfide on all aforementioned platforms. I can't wait to hear from you guys to see what your thoughts on Courtney versus Prince 3Q. The rivalry continues, and it's for the faction championship. The stakes have never been higher. Stay connected to our social media to find out exactly what happens. Until then, of course, you can follow us at The Faction Show, Facebook, Twitter, and on the gram. Until next time, folks, it's Courtney, it's Clack, it's GB, and we are The Faction.